0: Holy Chit, a spiritual podcast with Reverend Bonnie Rose. Each week we'll try to bring a talk from the past so you can hear what you missed. This week's old chit from the Ventura Spiritual Center for Living is from February 7th, 2021. The talk is entitled, An Amplified Life. Relax and enjoy. Here's Bonnie Rose.
1: Last week I spoke about the idea of amplifying one's good, or amplifying the good. And it was in a, in a talk that I did about liberation, where um, we were charged to amplify the good as a strategy for greater liberation. You know, when we see the good in everything, suddenly we become free. And I talked about how we can amplify the good in others, in the people that we encounter, even the people that are difficult. Last week I spoke about the... Um, persnickety service person that was rolling his eyes at me and mansplaining. Uh, (laughs) When I amplified the good, our relationship shifted on the spot. We can also amplify the good in life. We can see that whatever is happening, there is a gift hidden in it somewhere. And as, as we amplify the good, we seek to find the gift. And if we seek it, we will find it, and then we get to receive it. Even in this pandemic, even in what the world has been like for the last year or more, we can still find the gift in that and amplify it and know that everything is here for us. We can amplify the goods in the holy buckets of existence, knowing that as things are happening, it may not seem that the results we we want are, are occurring, but that there are flowers and trees and other metaphors being watered through our effort. I left out amplifying the good in one thing, and that is amplifying the good in ourselves. To live an amplified life, I think we also must amplify the good in ourselves. Now, if you're like me, you may have a chorus of voices in your head start saying, well, won't I get conceited? Won't I be arrogant if I do that? You might hear my mother's voice, if your mother said this, saying, don't get swell-headed now. (laughs) If you had German relatives, you might hear it in German as well. (laughs) Eigenlob stinkt. Stinkt, what a good word. It means stinks in German, in case you didn't catch that. Self-praise stinks. (laughs) You may hear voices like that. You may have thoughts like that. But just because you're hearing it or thinking it doesn't mean that it's correct. It could be. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's wrong. That amplifying one's own good one's own good, is a beautiful way to connect to something greater than ourselves, to connect to the truth that brings us home and sets us free. And, ironically, as we amplify our own good, we become a source of greater good to the world, and we can see the good in others as we amplify our own good. It's not really that ironic. The reason is is that there's only one of us here. So as we amplify our own good, we're amplifying the good of everyone. Here's why I think it's perfectly acceptable and not swell-headed or stink-like to amplify one's own good. I'm listening to a podcast by Father Richard Rohr, who is a Franciscan mystic, and it's a podcast that's based on his book called The Universal Christ, uh, no, sorry, the book is called Christ is Another Name for Everything, and the podcast is called The Universal Christ. It's an excellent podcast. I highly recommend it. And he talks about how that the, the world for the last 2,000 years has been somewhat misguided in thinking that Jesus, the Christ, is the only one. He's clear about saying that Christ is not Jesus' last name, which is something that we say all the time in this denomination. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means anointed, anointed. And it's, you know, it's, anointed is not a word that we use very often, but I would say it's to confer holiness upon. And yet, it was a term that was used commonly, so Jesus is not the only anointed one. Father Richard says that in the Franciscan tradition, they believe that the world creation, nature, is the first Bible. I feel that way myself, that nature was my personal first Bible and then came music and then came physiology and then came science and all kinds of Bibles, the animal kingdom. All of these things feel like the Bible to me and that's because everything is anointed. Everything is holy. That when the big bang happened, that's when the holy presence of spirit entered into the world, into the seen world and before that it was in the void and then the void became form and the form was the holiness of spirit. Richard Rohr says that the anointing took place on an elemental level, meaning it's in the elements. Sometimes at night, when I can't sleep, I study the periodic table of elements. I'm sure many of you do the same, am I correct? (laughs) No, why your big no over there? i just like looking at all the letters and seeing you know all of these these amazing facets of life that i hardly ever think of but that are such a part of part of my life Really, you know, when you think of the way we're made, going back to my life as a nurse, when you think that we have to have a certain amount of calcium in us and we have to have a certain amount of potassium, and, and let's talk about H2O, water. Oh my goodness. I mean, there, H is, is anointed, hydrogen is anointed, and O, water, is anointed. And, let's, and there's, there's two molecules of water. I'm getting all excited now because I'm talking about science. <laughs> I'm a big nerd I am. But there's two molecules of, of water that, I mean, that, of oxygen that go with hydrogen, and they make this life thing called water. And let's not even start talking about the molecular bonds, okay? Because they're anointed too. And it's, it's magnificent that we are anointed at that minuscule level. And so when we celebrate our anointing, when we celebrate the truth that we are anointed, we are celebrating the, the truth of the truth, that every single aspect of us working from, from the smallest parts of ourselves is anointed. Remember, the presence of God The anointing of God, the holiness of God is elemental. It is in the elements. Of course, it's not only in us. It's in the rocks and the trees and the flowers and everything else, but it's in us, too. We are not excluded from that party. And yet, we are so good at focusing on what is wrong with us or what is apparently wrong with us. And we're so shy about talking about erinate holiness I was speaking with somebody the other day about the Bible and, uh, you know, we bless all paths to God in this teaching and the Bible is one of many books that we bless. But I was speaking about the Bible in the context of fake news. Are you familiar with the term fake news, anybody? <laughs> and you know, what I've observed about fake news when, when people bring me things or when I look at, at news that, that just gets my radar going, is that so often part of the construct of fake news is to take a little tiny aspect of a story and say, like, say that that's the whole truth. We take a little tiny fragment of a story and we say, this is the truth. There's nothing else in here, it's just this, this is the truth. When really there are many, many, many facets to every story. But you know what, I think that, that the Bible, and possibly other spiritual texts, I'm just much more familiar with the Bible because I was raised Christian, I think the Bible can be also used as a source of fake news. You know, you think about your favorite passages, some of it's beautiful, consider the lilies of the field, that Martha and Mary, Mary has chosen the best part to sit, sit at the feet of the Christ. One of my personal favorites is when Martha tells Jesus in response to him wanting to raise Lazarus from the dead, Martha says, but wait, he stinketh. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but the stinketh part is in there. And that's, a, that's a, actually a, a piece of scripture that I quote regularly. I say it often to the dogs. You stinketh, do not get in my car. <laughs> You've been rolling in a dead seal. You stinketh. Another one of my favorite passages of the Bible, because it's comedic, and I don't know if it's church-friendly or not, but I'm going to tell it anyway, <laughs> is when God gives the Philippines a bad case of golden hemorrhoids. <laughs> you know, I know I said Philippines. I, I, it's really the Philistines. I don't think the Philippines had been invented then, but, you know, <laughs> Philippines, Philistines, tomato, tomato, who cares? If God gave somebody a really bad case of butt ache, you know? And, and I, just, I just love the theatrics of that. I love the theatrics of, let's say there's, um, oh, let's see, what's his name? By of Philistia. <laughs> and he's walking down the street. He's just stolen the Ark of the Covenant and he's having a good time. He's really proud of himself. And then all of a sudden he noticed that his sandal is untied. And so he bends over to tie his sandal and then, oh! oh. What's this golden glow coming from my backside? Oh, God, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you did not just give me a golden hemorrhoid. <laughs> and I think it happened to a bunch of his friends, too. But So, you know, that's like one of my favorite parts of the Bible. I like the funny parts of the Bible. <laughs> but, you know, what if, what if I said, okay, I met somebody who had never encountered the Bible, and I said, okay, this is what the Bible is about. <laughs> it's this story about really bad B.O. from a dead person, And it's also a story about a guy who got a serious butt ache from God, a golden butt ache from God. And that's the whole thing. (laughs) And I think we know that's not the whole thing, is it? (laughs) There are many other beautiful parts of the Bible, some of which I've quoted already. Ready? You may have your favorite parts. And on the whole, the Bible, I believe, is, a, is a, a story about our evolving relationship with reality or God or whatever it is you want to call it. But if you choose to focus on one aspect of it, that will become your reality. And the point of all of this, the point of the golden you know, butt ache is, the point is is that we do the same exact things with our life. We say, okay, I did this bad thing. I have this bad quality. I have this flaw. That must be who I am. That is exactly like people, my friends, that is exactly like saying that the Bible is a book about golden hemorrhoids. So you've got to stop that. You've got to stop that, you know what? You've got to stop it. We have to go, go ahead and start seeing the, the whole picture of ourselves. You know, there's this, this beautiful quote from Brian Stevenson, who is an a, a activist that I deeply admire, and he says, can you, can you see people, can you see that people are better than the worst thing that they've ever done? Can you see that you are better than the worst thing that you've ever done? Not even the, the worst thing that you've ever done. Can you see that you're better than the way you acted yesterday with customer service at Best Buy? <laughs> oh, that was me, silly me. <laughs> We are so much more than we know. You know, the the temptation here is to say, okay, this is good, this is bad. I'm going to be good all the time. That's not going to work. That is not going to work. I'm sorry to tell you, it's not that kind of a church. It's not going to work if we simply focus on our perfections. What we have to learn to do also is to embrace our flaws. We need to recognize that our, our perceived flaws are part of the picture of our holiness. I don't quite have a succinct way of saying that right now, but I know that it's true. I know that what we are perceiving as flaws come into being to serve all kinds of functions, like that holy bucket. They water something Perhaps they water the compassion of another. Perhaps they water the forgiveness of another, that I can love this person despite the worst thing that she or he has ever done. Perhaps they help us understand that God in all of us can love us, not only in spite of our flaws, but because of our flaws, because we can see each other in a mirror and we can see, oh yeah, I do that too. That's just being human. This being human is a guest house, quoting Rumi. And we welcome everything. We welcome what we are calling good, we welcome what we are calling bad, we welcome what is in between, and we simply welcome all of it, which makes me think that maybe the spiritual path, the spiritual truth in all of this is not so much about the accomplishment of perfection, but it's more about the process of welcoming. I think that's what we're called to do. That's how we amplify the good, is that we welcome everything, and we bless our own humanity as we bless our own divinity. It's both. It's yes and, and it's all intertwined so that in truth it's really one. It's a tall order, but we can do it. We can totally do it. We have the support of this community that sees beyond the opposites, that sees beyond the appearances. And we all have our own lives, you know, where, we've, where we know that we've done something that has been inappropriate or that we've been unkind or that we've lacked compassion towards ourselves or towards another, and we find that we have forgiven ourselves or that we are forgiven by somebody else. Some of the best things that have ever happened to me have been when I have been inappropriate and then been forgiven for it. And the forgiveness takes on a whole new tone if we can be mindful about what we have done and, and recognize our part in creating the adversity or the inappropriate behavior. That, that is a, a beautiful thing. And it's, you know, we think that, that things like that, things where we acknowledge that we've been inappropriate or where we acknowledge that we are flawed or we acknowledge that we have fallen short, that things like that will cause us to have low self-esteem. <laughs> but really, self-compassion is the new self-esteem. When we do that, we are cultivating self-compassion, which is much more fruitful and much more productive than self-esteem. It is self-compassion. Self-compassion gets us out of that place of polarizing and saying, this is bad and this is, this is good. This will give me good self-esteem. This will give me low self-esteem. Self-compassion embraces everything. The other day, I got probably one of the nicest compliments I've ever gotten from somebody, somebody away from here. It wasn't, it wasn't any, well, I don't know if it was any of you that person might be watching, but one of the nice compliments of, that I've ever gotten, and I remember saying to the person, that is quite a compliment, I hope I am worthy of it. And it wasn't from a place of feeling unworthy, it was from a place of excitement, of knowing, wow, this person has just opened a portal for me, something that I didn't see about myself, and now I can work ever deeper to expand that portal and be a place where that quality that he identified shows up more and more and more. So that's what I'm talking about. You see how nuanced it is. It's so much more nuanced than, than other, other forms of religion, even, even this religion where we tend to polarize a bit, and where we're affirming the good and denying the bad. It's all a jumble. It's all mixed in, and it's all part of the perfection, that anointing, that holiness that is God, that is love, that is everything. Often people want a practical tool, how to do the things that I speak about on Sunday, and really what works best is if you find your own way, if we find our own way to apply these principles. I'm not sure if you're going to like mine, because you know I like the periodic table of elements from chemistry class. <laughs> but sometimes when I'm down on myself, or when I'm feeling blue or low or feeling discouraged, I'll just start thinking about the various elements that are at play in my body. I'll think about, wow, my potassium is holy. It's it's doing whatever it's supposed to do with your heart. I can't remember right now. My calcium is holy. It's making my bones strong and it's also part of cardiac function. And my H and my O, my H2O is holy. I've had the pleasure of Being at an x-ray place one time, back way back, long years ago, when I was in Pittsburgh seeing a chiropractor, and he took an x-ray, and it was a living x-ray of my skeleton, and I could see my sweet little skeleton moving around, and I'm like, oh my God, you're like my best friend, and I take you for granted. I don't even know that you're in there. (laughs) So amplifying that good, amplifying the good of the physical... Whatever it is, if you're, if you're not really into, um, uh, you know, whatever, micro, uh, what's it called, Chem- organic chemistry or whatever, whatever it is, I can't even think of the word right now, it shows how much I know, or, or anatomy or physiology, you know, start with, start with your knees. Say, I'm so grateful for my knees. <laughs> I'm saying that because my knee hurts right now because of that launch off the high parallel, I mean the couch. <laughs> Just start with being grateful for the physical, that physical, that magic that made you. You know, again, so often when we look in the, in the mirror, we look at the flaws and we see what's wrong with us, but look how much is right with us. Look how much is beautiful about us. And if you can't see it on the outside, see it on the inside. I guarantee you, even if, even if you are unhealthy, there are trillions of processes that are working magnificently within you to create harmony and wholeness. And then we extend that grace, that amplification of good, to our heart and to our thoughts and to the way that we relate to people. You know, the reason that, that our indiscretions or our flaws stick out so much is because they're, they're the anomaly. They're the anomaly. The rule is that we, most of the time, I would imagine, are quite kind to others, that we show up, that we do our best, that we consider the greater whole, and that we, we are striving together, or relaxing together, into a world of wholeness, and grace, and compassion for everyone. And so, acknowledge the times that we have been sex- successful at doing that. I know I completely overlook that most of the time. But many, many micro-kindnesses occur in each of us every single day. It might be feeding the dog, it might be feeding the rabbit. It might be feeding the guinea pig. Oh, again, that's about me. It might, be, <laughs> it might be cooking a meal for your children. It might be driving someplace. It might be smiling at somebody. All of these micro-kindnesses. Let's focus on that. Let's not make the Bible about the, the, the funny, silly parts. Let's make the, the Bible of our, of our body, and our self, and our being about the grace and the wonder that we are. I think it's starting this week. Starting on Thursday, I'm teaching a class on devotion. It's a Priceless Pricing class, and it's on Zoom, and there's, there's minimal homework. It's mostly a class about introspection. And if you want some group support in some of these principles that I'm talking about, we would love to have you in the class. You sign up on Eventbrite or on our website. And really what we're looking at is some of the false agreements that we've made about who we are and what we're here to do. and then taking that courageous step to say, you know what, this isn't the whole truth. Let's let go of our negative bias for just a moment. Let's let go of our confirmation bias that seeks evidence to tell us who we think we are. And let's move into this greater perception of wholeness that shares with us, that already knows, and that amplifies within us the fact that we are anointed, anointed, the fact that we are anointed, That we are holy and we are the grace of God in living form. I'm gonna close with one quote from Emma Curtis Hopkins, who has been part of my world lately. She was one of Ernest Holmes' teachers. And the quote is this When you amplify the good, when love is your confidence, you will never find yourself deceived by the ways and speech of others, even yourself even if these people think they are very brilliant. (laughs) They're not brilliant. You are the brilliance that you are seeking. We are the brilliance that we are seeking. And once we start to seek, we find. Let's find it together. Let us pray.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's Old Holy Chit, a spiritual podcast with Rev. Bonnie Rose. If you like what you hear come join us in person at the Ventura Center for Spiritual Living. Check us out online at www.venturacsl.org. Be sure to subscribe. And so it is.